to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about a patent idea. Some of you may be familiar with the U.S. patent system, and that's where when you have an invention or an idea or a machine or something along those lines that's novel or new, then you obtain a patent to protect your idea so that other people cannot come in and steal your idea and profit from your invention or your idea. And I want to first of all, and we're going to apply this to the Word of God, but first I want to give us a little bit of a history lesson on patents. I was interested myself, and I thought you guys would be interested in this as well. And so I want to talk about real quick the origin of patents, and then we're going to tie that to the message that I have for you today that I really believe will bless you. It blessed me. So if it blessed me, I know it will bless you. So let's go to the origin of patents. Patents were used all the way back. The first recorded patent was in 1474, so a long time ago, in Venice. And it was used in government monopolies in the agribusiness because it was an agrarian society at that time. And so it was really to protect the government so that they could have monopolies, them and the aristocracy. So it was a tool of the elite. And then in 1624, England began to limit patents to prevent monopolies of the government, and they would issue them for a term of around 14 years. Well, if you are prophetic and you study Hebrew roots, then you understand 14 is significant because that is two Shemitah cycles, and and uh, that would be something interesting to look into. But in 1624, we see this shift to the away from the crown and to the individual. Now, something amazing will happen in the late 1700s. We're going to see both the American and French Revolution. And there will be an emphasis on the individual, the sovereignty of the individual. And then we see in 1791, France will offer a patent that favors the individual as the industrial age rises, as the bourgeoisie comes into being, the middle class. And then we're going to see in 1790, the U.S. patent will have its first patent issued from the U.S. Patent Office to a man named Samuel Winslow. He had invented a type of a salt fertilizer. And George Washington himself signed the first patent. And so patents are a very important part of this experiment in American democracy as a U.S. republic. And so I say it that way because it's actually important. Uh, The sovereign right of the individual and protection of that individual is important. And patent law has played a massive role in our system of government as we uh, look to the the sovereignty of the individual and to protect the individual from the government. You know, initially patents were to protect the government from the people. Now we have flipped that and it protects the people from the government or from other people. And so that's just a quick, you know, one minute little history lesson on 
patents and and their origin. But now I want to go into the etymology. I want to go a little deeper because I believe this is going to tie to something I want to share with you today that I really believe is a prophetic message to bless you and encourage you. So let's start with the definition for patent out of the dictionary. Uh, There's two definitions because patent can be used as a noun and as an adjective. As a noun, it means a government authority or license concerning the right or title for a set period to a sole thing, such as an invention. All right, so that's the first definition of patent as a noun. Now, as an adjective... And this really is where things sort of uh, shaped up with how I wanted to use this for our message. As an adjective, it means easily recognizable or obvious. Okay, so how did patents have the name uh, that means easily recognizable or obvious? So let's go to the uh, origin of this word it's called etymology the study of the origin of a language and if you go all the way to the latin the word patent comes from the word pater and it means to lay open to be evident visible to all it means an open letter which denotes rights to land ideas or privilege so there we go there's the heart of the word patent it means to lay open to be visible, to be obvious to everyone. So that's the origin, and it really does go all the way to the heart of the sovereignty of the individual. If you'll go back and listen to the episode on sphere sovereignty, we touch on some of these ideas. Now, let's shift gears, and I want to talk about the message that I have for you today. And really, the message is a patent idea. It basically means... The idea here is very simple. It is the Word of God. The Word of God was novel for us. And if we will patent or protect this idea so that the enemy can't come in and steal it or dilute it or conflate it, then we have that protection that is given to us and granted to us by a higher kingdom to protect our rights. And so really, that's the direction I want to go in today is about the Word of God, the value of the Word of God. And and it, sometimes we think that it's complicated, but it's so simple. In fact, sometimes it's too simple, and that throws us for a loop. And so I want to kind of start off today with a story. I want to tell you about an experience I had just this week, and this is what really led me to talk about this topic. And I've just got four simple points I want to tie to it to anchor it to, and I really believe this will encourage you. If you'll just be patient with me, I'm going to work my way through this. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, and I'm going to give us our foundation scripture And I've said this on here probably at some point in every episode. At some point, you've got to have it memorized. And, you know, I'm really bad with saying, is it John 1-1 or 1 John 1-1? Well, they both say something similar, but it's John 1-1. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We have to have this foundational revelation that Jesus is the Word. We cannot get away from that. It's so essential. It is the anchor of your faith, that Jesus is the Word, the living Word made flesh, Emmanuel, 
the Word made flesh. And so we have to grab that concept. But you'll be surprised. There's people that have that head knowledge. They may know that in some abstract kind of way, but then they can't really grab hold of that when it when they need it, when it counts, when they can apply it in their everyday life. So let me tell you my story first. So I was speaking with someone and they were upset. They were um, going through a situation. Someone had uh, re- had done something, and I don't think they would mind me saying this. Uh, this person, before they were born again, had done some things that they were not proud of, and uh, but they had, you know, made it right. Years had passed, and they were working. And another person who knew about their past went to their boss. And told them, hey, you know this person has a past. You can't trust them. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, thank goodness the boss was like, that was a long time ago. I believe in second chances. You know, I'm not okay with you running and telling me that. I knew about that. And so as far as that goes, you know, it was okay. But it, it triggered It triggered something in this person. It was a betrayal that really cut deep and it hurt them and it reminded them of their past. And, you know, for a minute there, it shook her. But I believe she's on the right track now. And we, we, you know, we and other people have have ministered to her about that and encouraged her. And so but I wanted to talk about this. So Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Let's get that straight first. And Jensen Franklin says it this way, principalities work through personalities. Whether that person that ran and told her boss knew it or not, they were being used of the enemy because she's been forgiven of her past. She's been set free. She's a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's not even who she is anymore. And for the enemy to use someone to dig up that old man and put it on display, that's demonic. It's that simple. That's demonic. That's the enemy trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And so uh, it shook her. It affected her. She got down. And so uh, I was ministering to her over the telephone, encouraging her. And, you know, I had to share this with my podcast audience, that if someone comes into your life to bring death and destruction, to kill and steal and destroy you, that's from the enemy, especially when it's about your past that you've already been forgiven for. That old man is dead. You're a new creature in Christ. That is not even who you are anymore. Well, let me give you the tool because this is what I told her. I'm like, listen, it is a simple, simple patent idea, a simple solution to deal with this. You take out that patent you have that proves ownership. You know, that's kind of the way I worded it to her. I was like, it's very simple. The answer here is God's word. You know, when when Satan tempted Jesus, what did Jesus always say? How did he always respond? He first said, it is written. He used the word of God. This is our example. Jesus is our example that we answer things with the word of God. When we're faced with situations, you answer it with the word of God. Now, some people can't can't catch it because it's too easy. And it reminds me of this old Saturday Night Live skit 
like from a long time ago in the 90s it was really funny with steve martin and uh it was this man that was posing as like a dave ramsey type character he was a financial uh, planner and this husband and wife are at the table and and they're meeting with him and he says i have this new idea it's called do not buy things you cannot afford and the husband and the wife are really confused and they're like oh wow so you mean if we don't have the money then we just can't buy it and he just keeps repeating himself do not buy things you cannot afford and then they're like you mean we can go and get stuff and pay for it later he says no do not buy things you cannot afford and he just keeps saying the same thing over and over and it's like it's so easy they can't get it well it's like that skit sometimes we think that applying god's word to a situation it just can't be that easy we think it needs to be more complicated than that but it's not but here's where people get caught up here's where people get the disconnect you have to actually do it <laughs> and so i've got four easy steps to help you apply god's word to whatever situation comes up maybe someone has gone and spoken negative things about you things about your past that you've been forgiven for maybe someone went and spread a vicious rumor about you this is the solution maybe you got a negative report from your doctor maybe your bank account is giving you a negative report you know maybe this or that so you know we could apply this to any situation i always say keep it simple you can look at your life in two columns you draw a line down the middle you have two columns on the paper you put two headings at the top of those columns one says life and life more abundantly the other column says kill still destroy it's very simple. You put put all the items in the, those two columns, and it, and if it's abundant life, that means it's from God. If it's kill, still destroy, that means it's from the enemy. So now we know, you know, who's what you're dealing with. So you need to apply God's word to situations in your life that fall in the category of kill, still destroy. Because there's a remedy. The Word of God gives us a remedy. Let me give us our foundation scripture, and then I will get into it. So it's Hebrews 4.12. We all should know this. It says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, which thoughts and intents of the heart simply mean motives. The Word of God can get right down to the, right all the way down to the quick. It'll go all the way to the root of what you're dealing with. And the, and the Lord can work for you on your behalf through His Word. It's called His last will and testament. It's the, the New Testament and the Old Testament. It's the testimony of Jesus, of God. The Lord has put in a book, his word for us and that word is alive active and can, and can work for you today this ancient text can work for you today but you have to work it so let me give us our four points first of all when it comes to the word of god you must receive it you have to receive what god is saying in his word number two you have to believe it it's not enough just to have head knowledge, just to read a scripture. You have to believe it. And sometimes that means you read it again 
and again and again and again. Because sometimes our flesh, our soul, our carnal nature is stubborn, hard-headed. I can be. (laughs) We don't get it. We want to rationalize it. We want to uh, we want to come at things through our logic. We want to look at our circumstance. We we will have every excuse in the book to keep us from just simply believing. The third one. This is the one that hangs up so many people. <laughs> it's just too easy. That they, they, they think it must be more complicated than this. And this is where a lot of people just leave this step off or they think it's not significant enough. And it's to speak God's word. We're going to get into the word rhema here in a minute and really drill down on this point. But speaking God's word is powerful. You've got to understand that. And then here's the other one that's too easy and people brush right past it. And it's number four, to rest knowing God has already done it. And so I'm going to move through these four points. And you may have heard me say these things before, but trust me, this will this will move mountains. This is the faith that moved mountains. This is the recipe of faith right here. So simple, but you have to work it. It's a patent idea. It's a novel idea, <laughs> but you got to protect it because you have an enemy. And that's why you have this patent on this idea on God's word. Let's move through these scriptures. I'm going to give us a ton of scriptures. Uh, maybe I can give you some examples from my life, but I really believe that this will bless and encourage you if you'll grab hold of what I'm telling you because it's good. Proverbs 18, 21. Now, this is an important one. You've got to listen and pay attention carefully because we say things willy-nilly and we don't think about what we're saying and we can cancel what God is doing in our life just flippantly. It says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Okay, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We sometimes cancel out what God is trying to do in our life. We'll speak a scripture one minute, we'll turn right around and speak doubt and unbelief and cancel out what God's doing in our life. Let me give us an example of that. Maybe you're believing God for a promotion. You you know, inflation is real. It's all around us. There's eggs were what six, seven dollars a dozen. I mean that that affects our bank account when milk is four or five dollars a gallon, uh, gas. All that adds up, and your money is not working as much for you. Your budget is changing because you're feeling the squeeze of inflation, and so God knows our needs, and so you pray and you pray that, uh, you know, you've been at your job for a long time, you haven't had a raise in over two years or something, and and you pray about it, and you you begin to put a strategy together to go to your boss and ask for a raise. And and you begin to pray and believe God for that. Well, then you turn around and go, oh, I don't know, it'll never happen for me. I mean, that's just everybody's going through this. I don't know why I think they would give me a raise. That is doubt and unbelief. That is counterproductive. You have just canceled out what God's trying to do in your life. We can't do that. You know, what if it's a doctor's report and, and you're praying and believing for a good report, but then you turn around and speak negativity? That's what I'm talking about. You can't do that. Uh, we'll get into this more when we get through point number three about speaking God's word. But let's start with the first one, receive. Okay. The word of God is like a seed. 
I'm in the middle right now. I'll share this. I've got, I'm so proud of them because I'm kind of a nerd sometimes, but I've got these uh, purple Cherokee heirloom tomato seeds that I saved out of a tomato that I had gotten. And I followed the little YouTube video and I put the seeds up and did all the things you're supposed to do. And I have now in the spring, and I'm probably a little early, but I made these little milk jug greenhouses and I started my seeds. Well, I've got my first little baby tomato plant and I'm so proud of this thing I check it on every day and you know I'm real excited to see it growing and and when it's time I'm going to put it in, in a pot or put it in the ground and so I'm excited to see this fruit but I've had to tend this garden even though it's in my little it's in a Milo's jug actually and so I've got my little milk jug that I've got done up like a greenhouse that where you cut it and you know anyway and so Every day I have to make sure I have to touch the soil and have to make sure it's the right level of moisture. It can't be too wet. That would uh, mold the seed and it can't be too dry. The seed wouldn't germinate. So it has to be just that right level of moisture, you know, just damp. And so every day I touch the dirt and make sure it's okay. And I add a little water or whatever, you know, or make sure it's draining properly. And so I'm tending this garden. Well, that's like the Word of God in your heart. Your heart is like that Milo's jug, <laughs> that's a little greenhouse. You're a little walking, living greenhouse. And the Word of God is trying to take root in your heart, but you have to tend your garden. What was the first commandment that God gave to Adam in the garden? He said, guard and tend the garden. I love that. Well, that's that's what we have to do with God's word. We have to get it in us. We have to plant those seeds and then we have to tend the garden. So first you have to receive God's word. You have to get it in you. You know, you're going to have to read the Bible. There's a little joke we have that a Psalms and Proverbs a day keep the devil away. Uh, You know, get you a regular Bible reading habit. Read a Psalms, a Proverbs, and then maybe a chapter out of the Bible. Nowadays, with the Bible app, I've got one on my iPad. There's all kind of devotionals you can do that are like 10-minute, 5-minute, whatever, topical. I encourage my kids to do those. I have little devotional books that are scripture-based. Whatever it takes, you know, I like to do my own, uh, I like word studies and deep dives, and I do that in preparation for my Bible study. I'm working on that throughout the week. And so um, get the Word of God in you. Uh, Listen to it on tape. Maybe you're driving to work. You know, there's one where Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, will read you the Bible. I like that. He's got a great voice. And so however it comes, get the Word of God in you. Worship music. I've always got worship music playing. You know, that that's another way to get his word into you. But it's no substitute for the actual word of God. You need to be reading the Bible. Maybe in the some people, they like to get their coffee, sit down and read their devotional in the morning. I'm not quite that personality where I have like a regular routine, like every day I do the same thing. I'm a little more random, but I get it in. And so read your word every day. Some people like to do that before they go to bed, but you need to have 
a way to get God's word in you. Another thing I do is I have right by my sink these little scripture cards and they're personalized with my name in them. And so I change those out every day and I have a little habit where I read those to myself out loud in the mirror. And we'll cover that again in point number three about speaking God's word. But that's important. Get the word of God in you. You know, I'm real big on it says meditate on his word day and night. Take you whatever God's speaking to you in this season or this week or the day or the moment or whatever. You get you a little scripture card. I really like personalizing it. Maybe put it on your screensaver on your phone or on your dash of your car, or a sticky note, you know, whatever on your mirror. Read it. Read it. Believe it. Number two, believe it. Step number two, you know, it's one thing to read God's word and get it in you, but you have to. You have to believe it. You have to partner with it. You you must. That's where we tend that garden, where we're constantly checking that soil level, making sure it has water. Uh, we, we have to believe it. We I have to, when I plant that seed, that little tomato seed, I have to believe that it's going to sprout. I can't see what goes on under the dirt. In fact, if I go digging around and messing with the dirt, I, I can uh, abort the whole seed. It won't produce life. I've got to be patient. I've got to I've got to receive the word and believe the word. You have to have this is the faith part. And sometimes we just don't do this. We just don't really when it comes down to it. Sometimes we don't believe God's going to do what he says he will do in his word. That's a shame as a Christian. You should be able to do that. And and this is why testimony is so important. We have to believe that God will do what he said he will do. Let me read us some more scriptures. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Oh, that's powerful. If God said it, he'll do it. And he's already said it in his scripture. We just have to partner with it. In fact, in Genesis 1, 3, he said it is by his word that God created. God said, let there be light. And there was light. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He spoke it. He spoke it. So number three. We have to speak his word. I believe in the power of speaking God's word out loud in faith. It can move mountains. It can move mountains. I have seen God work through things that blow my mind. I'm a living testimony. I've, I've seen miracles in my life in my parents' life, and people around me in their lives, when they speak God's word in faith, out loud. I can't stress enough the out loud part. So let's read Proverbs 18.21 again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The word of God works. We have to work the word. We have to speak it. We have to, just like Jesus, when he was tempted by, by Satan in the wilderness, he said, it is written, and he spoke scripture. That is, that is the formula. It's so basic. It's so easy. It's such a novel patent idea that we brush right over it. You have to receive it, point number one. That means put the word of God in you. 
read it, read it, read it, listen to it on tape. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Point number two, you have to believe it. You have to partner with it. Reading is head knowledge. That's a seed in your life. But now you have to believe it. You have to water that seed. And and we do that by by faith. And number three, you have to speak it out loud. You have to speak God's word. You know, prayer is speaking God's word out loud. Prayer is not always just a request. It's not always a petition. There is the prayer of faith where we speak God's word in faith as a prayer. But I'm saying, too, it's so basic and so simple that you just actually speak God's word. You speak a scripture. Now, let me give you the example that I gave my friend that I was talking to when someone had accused her of her past and threatened her livelihood by going to her boss. And and it really affected her. It triggered her. It shook her. It got her very discouraged. And I said, listen, here's the antidote. And I walked her through these points. And I said, here's the scripture I want you to speak. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I said, personalize it. I said, here's your prescription. Like a pill, morning and night, twice a day, speak this to yourself out loud in the mirror until your spirit man gets it. Till you partner with it in faith and you believe that and you receive that, speak it out loud that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so I I talked to her on the phone uh, just yesterday and she started quoting it. And I was like, yes, you got it. You got it. Because at first she was resistant because it was too easy. Well, I've been praying about. No, 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 no. Stop the presses. Hold everything (laughs) Put the brakes on, you know, stop everything. Go back to to, go back to the first step. You know, step number one, speak that scripture twice a day out loud to yourself. Don't do anything else. You know, master this first. Uh, Paul Bear Bryant is famous for fundamental football. You know, I was like the fundamentals here, you know. Very simple. Let's let's master tackling first, you know, or whatever. You know, he. I think uh, Paul Bear Bryant was famous for like mastering just a very few plays, and and it wasn't flashy, you know, but it was fundamental football. That he was big on that. So fundamental point number one. You know, go speak this out loud twice a day, every day to yourself until you really get it, because you know revelation is when your eyes are really open and you really, something is revealed to you. God's word is revealed to you in a whole new depth and layer. And that's when you really get it. So let's talk for a minute about rhema, because that's really what I'm describing. Rhema is, uh, by the most simple definition, the written word spoken. But if you really dig into that word and the Hebrew, and I think we've done a whole episode on Logos and Rhema, you can go back and listen to that in more depth if you're interested. But Rhema is the Greek word out of your New Testament that describes faith. So faith is when we speak God's word in faith and the Holy Spirit, it says it breathes life or it means a quickened word, that breath of life, and that word, that scripture, 
comes to life in you. It takes root. It's like when my plant comes up out of the soil and I can see evidently, you know, with evidence that it has a stem and it has leaves and it's growing. And that even though I couldn't see it when I was receiving and believing points one and two, those scriptures I was saying that under the surface, that seed had germinated and was growing in, in under the dirt. And then it's like when you really begin to speak God's word, it's like, boom, that thing came up out of the dirt. And now I see the evidence of what I've been speaking. That seed took root and has sprouted new life. Oh, what a miracle. You know, we can see in plants uh, like a, a vis- visual representation of what I'm talking about. And so you have to speak his word out loud. I'm really big on the out loud part. And let me tell you why. We're a tripart being. We have flesh, soul, spirit. I've covered this before, but it's worth repeating. So your flesh is your carnal man. He is uh, th- the level of just impulsive desire. I'm hungry, I eat. I'm mad, I, I hit. <laughs> Things like that. Just just animalistic almost. Primal, your primal nature. Well, when you get born again, you become a new creature and you have to make that part of you subject to God's word. Now, let's move to the next level, the level of your soul. It's the mingling of your flesh and your spirit. It's the realm of your mind, will, emotions, and intellect. So this is the realm of logic and emotion, and sometimes we can cancel the seed right here in this realm because we start rationalizing. Well, I don't see any plant coming up above the dirt. I don't think it's alive in there, and we'll abandon it, and we won't water it, and we've just killed the seed. you know. Or it's the level of emotion. I don't see anything. Oh, you know? <laughs> and, and so we'll, you know, Come and then maybe we'll overwater it, you know. So, so we we need to operate from the highest level, which is that of the spirit. And to do that, we need to fill our spirit man full of God's word. And so we speak his word out loud over our situation. And then here's the one that a lot of people get tripped up on because we're a culture of doing, 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 people of action. And so it's the position of rest. Once you have received God's word by getting it in you, believing it, uh, by partnering with it, speaking it out loud, by activating your faith, then the rest part comes. And that means you just stand on God's word in faith, knowing he's already done it. He's already made a way. He's already provided everything you need from the foundation of the earth. You know, that's when I just go into autopilot with my plant, knowing, hey, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to produce fruit in my life, just like my little tomato plant. And so this is a patent novel idea. And the reason we take out patents on our idea is to protect a thief and a robber from coming in and stealing our idea and profiting on it. Don't let the enemy rob you of your blessing, of of speaking God's word over your situation. And so protect that seed, protect the word of God in your life. 
in faith by speaking it daily, tending your garden daily. I know this is some things I've repeated before, but after talking to my friend, I realized, you know, this is something that I need to hear daily almost, and you could probably benefit daily. I hope this blesses and encourages you about speaking God's word. I cannot stress this enough. If you want to know the prophetic practical power of God in your life every day. This is one of the most basic ways we do that is by receiving God's word, getting it in you. You got to get it in you. You got to read the word of God. You got to listen to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. But you then have to believe it. You have to partner with it. Then you speak his word in faith out loud over your situations. It is written. I am a child of God. It is written, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. It is written, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You know, whatever your situation is, find a scripture that applies and say, it is written, (laughs) and speak it out loud. And then number four, rest. After you've spoken it and you've done your part, okay, rest in faith, knowing God's going to perform what he said he would do. And you have to be steadfast in that faith. And then I'm going to add a little tiny number five on here. Testify. When, when it's all said and done and everything's settled, the dust is settled, be a testimony and, and encourage other people like I'm doing with you right now here today that God has done it for me and what he's done for me, he will do for you. You've just got to apply his word of God to whatever your situation is. I hope this blessed and encouraged you. hope it was interesting today. Have a blessed day. for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.